Bertuccio. Welcome to the Sarah and Patty podcast. Podcast time. Time to catch up for things you may have missed. Josh Richards. Yeah. He's crazy, right? Oh, he's mad. One way to Mars? No thanks. Why would you want to do it? But anyway, we speak with him. Doug Eaton. Oh, Doug's billboards are out. Independent from Wyong Ward. We hear from Doug. Yeah. And the latest looks on the ski fields. Patty, you could be in fashion. Right up my alley. That's our podcast. Time to get them out and bang them and welcome our next guest. Well, this man, Josh Richards, he's been a physicist, explosive expert with the Army, commander with the British Royal Marines, stand-up comedian, and now he wants to go to Mars. This is not a joke. It is not April 1. He joins us this morning, Josh Richards. Good morning, Josh. (laughs) (laughs) Are you mad? Seriously, are you mad? (laughs) I think you need a, a certain kind of madness to sign up for a one-way mission to Mars, definitely. <laughs> now, mate, you were chosen from 200,000 initial applicants to go on this mission. Yeah, we're down to the last 100 now, but yep. uh, it's been quite a long process over the last five years, reducing the group from the initial 200,000 that we had down to the, the 100 worldwide and the seven Aussies that we've got. Now, it will be reduced then to two men and then two women. That'll be the very final crew. We've got another step in between there where they sort of pick 24 of us to start 14 years of training, and then from that, four people will go on that first trip. Like, you know, when you do these reality TV shows, you get paid. Are you bloody getting paid for this or what? So not yet. Uh, Still a candidate at this stage, but provided I get into that 24 and start those 14 years of training, I actually become an employee of uh, Mars One. And so, yeah, I'll be paid to to train to be an astronaut, to go to Mars. And when the flight is on to Mars in 2031, that's it. You won't be coming back. That's the whole appeal. Strangely enough, I I was working as a stand-up comic. I'd been at the Edinburgh Fringe for four years. And uh, I was writing a comedy show about sending people one way to Mars when I found out about this. So, yeah, the whole one-way mission aspect is actually what drew me into it in the first place. Because I knew we could get there, but we couldn't come back. Mate, what? Why do you want to go to Mars and not come back? <laughs> I think the biggest challenge with it is uh, we, we went to the moon in uh, 45 years. The last guy came back from the moon in, in 1972. Uh, Eugene Cernan left them the moon and no one's been back because they went as just a visit. I speak in schools quite regularly about all of this and going to the moon was a bit like a sleepover. You sort of went over, you stayed there for a little while and then you came back. Moving to Mars is a bit like uh, moving out into your first share house. Mm. to live together, and you're moving out of home. So, yeah, I like that idea. Mate, how long will this proposed trip take? Uh, The particular launch window we're looking at is 2031, so it'll take us 210 days. A launch window opens every 26 months, so a bit over every two years you can do a launch. But, yeah, it takes us between six and eight months, depending on which window we choose. And so why is that? Why is there only a launch period that you can go? Is it something to do with the atmosphere? It's all to do with how the planets are aligned. So Earth and Mars orbit the sun at different rates. And so every 26 months, they are starting to get close to each other. You're not launching at the point they're closest, but as they're getting close to each other is when you launch and essentially you catch up with Mars. Earth spins around inside uh, and uh, Mars takes about two years to go around the sun as opposed to Earth. Okay, so it's a 200-day trip uh, to get to Mars. You land on Mars, you open the door. <laughs> and then what do, you, what do you do then? We're essentially guinea pigs after that point. So we're, we're there. We'll be living in one-third of Earth's gravity, so I'll be able to pick up things that are three times heavier than what I could on Earth, jump three times higher, all of those sort of things. 
we don't know necessarily what that's going to do to our body long term. So we'll be measuring our blood, measuring our bone density, doing all those sort of things, seeing how that environment changes our bodies. So with the two men, two women, you have the Olympic Games up there. You are going to break that Olympic long jump and high jump record. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. In your face. (laughs) All those other competitors. Mate, but what about... And so there's two men, two women. They want you to procreate. So we're definitely not going to be having babies on those first missions. Right, uh, we okay. may not. There's not going to be any babies happening for probably the first right. five or six at least. Yeah. Uh, we don't know, again, from the gravity, what would happen to an embryo. We know on the space station that our bodies need gravity to know which way is up and down when they're developing a baby. And so we don't know if there's enough on Mars. So lots of animals coming with us. Uh, we'll be breeding crickets and grasshoppers and all sorts of different things and seeing how they reproduce. Yeah. And if if there's some sort of way for us to have kids in the future, that might be an opportunity, but not for me. I'll pass. I hate the idea of a three-year-old running around inside a Mars colony. Mate, what about the structures and the water and the food and all that if you have to stay up there for good? All the design that we're putting into the actual structures that we live in uh, is very different from what you've maybe seen from the International Space Station. It's a different approach of going there permanently. We'll be taking food with us, but we'll also be trying to grow as much food as possible, and we're extracting water out of the soil. There's literal oceans locked up in the soil on Mars that is ready to be extracted. So we'll take a little bit of food with us, we'll get lots of water out of the soil, and uh, we'll have the colonies there set up for us, ready to go. And you can't come back? Ultimately, I don't want to come back. Uh, Ultimately, if I had the opportunity to go further, if I could go and explore the the moons of Saturn or Jupiter or do that, I'd much prefer that rather than come back to Earth. I like the idea of us being a space-faring species and exploring. What have your family and friends said? It was definitely challenging initially. Uh, I got involved five years ago and uh, the initial reaction wasn't great. Since then, I spent a lot of time visiting schools, speaking to people about space exploration and friends and family have definitely seen that this is This is what I'm meant to do. It's the thing that has lit me up. I was maybe a little bit lost in all the different careers that I did beforehand, and now I've found the thing that I really, my heart is set on. Well, because it is National Science Week, of which you are the ambassador. I'm one of several ambassadors, but yeah, I'm definitely doing a lot of talking about it. (laughs) And you've got a new book coming out, Becoming Martian. Launching it for National Science Week, Becoming Martian is all about uh, how our bodies, our minds and souls will change by colonising Mars and all the details are on it, becomingmartian.com and I'm doing a couple of Science Week events to launch the book in both Perth and Sydney but all the details for those are on scienceweek.net.au along with the 2,000 plus events that are happening around the country this week. Absolutely huge and with those two men and two women that are selected, you've got to train with them for what, a decade? So hopefully you get on with them. Ultimately, that's what it's about. It's not necessarily about your skills or your background or your degrees or whatever. It's about how you get along with other people. That's ultimately what this is all about. It's about how you work together in teams to achieve something pretty extraordinary. If you do get up there in 2031, what is the one thing you think you'll miss back home? (laughs) It's varied quite a bit, to be honest with you. I used to joke regularly to say that it would be bacon, uh, (laughs) but I think you miss things if you can't have them because of a certain situation. I spend a lot of time with the military, and when you are out on exercise, you don't necessarily miss things if you can't have them. You're very practical, and you sort of go, okay... Yeah, it would be great to go home and have a shower right now, but 
this is the situation, so you don't think about it too much. Mate, well, we wish you all the best. We know it's some time off. When will the final decision be made with the final four? When is that being decided? Chances are we won't even know that until about 24 hours before they launch. Uh, they'll actually select 12 people a few years before the launch date, and all of them would be exceptional candidates to go. Right. But we probably won't know who those exact four people are uh, until they're loaded into a spacecraft and they're on their way. Jeez, you'd be dirty to get do a decade of training and then to miss out on the last go. Well, oh. Chances are you'd be on the second crew or the third crew. Yeah. Those folks who are at the backups for the first crew will yeah. be the prime crews for the next ones to go. So you might not be first. Yeah. I don't care about being first. Yeah. I would prefer us to be a dual planet species than be the first man on Mars. It doesn't mean much to me. You're bloody mad. Um. <laughs> I can live with that. <laughs> Mate, all the best. Nice talking to you. Don't forget, Josh's book is out, Becoming a Martian, and it is Science Week. Go to scienceweek.net.au. Josh Richards, thanks for joining us this morning, mate. Thanks so much for having me. It's time to catch up with the man. He is running as an independent in the upcoming council election for the seat of Wyong. Is it Wyong Ward, Doug? What's the ward? Yes, it's Wyong Ward. I'm not quite sure why it's called Wyong Ward because it's goes from Watervale to North Gosford, but yeah. in the event, it is called Wyong Warden. Yes, that's the one I'm contesting. Yeah. As an independent now? As an independent, yes. Back in the land of the free. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Doug. Okay. <laughs> Back in the land of the free. Well, now, is it going to be, though, how, how will it be different for you just as an independent, and how long since you've been one of those, if ever at all? Well, I've been an independent since 2004. I had a brief what would now appear to be disastrous uh, flirtation with the libs you know they uh, entreated me to join and uh, I succumbed for a little while just as a you know ordinary member but uh, that didn't work out and that's why I said the land of the free in that you know I'm, I'm free to kind of pursue my own ideas not having to get everything ticked off so there's benefits in that I mean look there's benefits in being part of a team too and that will be a challenge if I do get elected is is to then form a team with a group of councillors in the new council. Were you disappointed that you didn't get pre-selection for the Libs? Oh, yeah, you know, in that obviously I was going for it. Unfortunately, within political parties, there are factions, and in this case, it was a North versus Fifth South faction. So there are more, many more members in Gosford, in the Liberal Party, than there are in Wyong, and the Gosford people wanted a Gosford person. Well, for those who haven't been following as closely as some, give us the Doug Eaton rundown. What do you want for the Central Coast? Well, I think the biggest challenge we have now is simply a competent council. So I ran, obviously, as mayor for four years, the Wyong Council, which wasn't perfect and could, we could have done better, but it was overall competent. We were spending $70 million a year on our roads, which is the largest of any council in New South Wales. It doesn't mean every road was perfect, but, you know, in general, they were getting better. In Gosford, they were spending just $20 million a year on roads, and everyone knows the roads in Gosford are really, really bad and are getting worse. You know, Gosford is now subject to two ICAC inquiries. One on its finances, where there was all its money that went missing and the write-down of the uh, the assets of $1.39 billion. Uh, and now, you know, which I didn't... This last part I didn't know about, the illegal tip operations at Spencer and at Mangrove. I knew a bit oh, yeah, about that was the, on Four um, Corners. The, yeah, on Four Corners. I knew a bit about the, the golf course one, but I didn't know anything about Spencer. Mm. You know, I think the biggest issue going forward for this... Central Coast Council is to fix up all the problems at Gosford. You know, so I'm sort of one of my campaign themes is fix the Gosford mess. Mm. And, and, you know, that is what I'm hearing from people. They're appalled by both of those issues. Why do you have so many detractors, do you think? I don't think I do. 
It's just the way the media, and particularly social media, works these days, is that one person seems to get as much attention as if it were a thousand. And to give an example, I put a post on my Facebook page about the uh, new proposed Wyong private hospital, you know, saying um, how great it was and that my council rezoned the land to make it happen. And we did. You know, mm. We identified the site that's on a few years ago as being a great site for more medical uh, infrastructures. It's obviously directly opposite the Wyong Hospital. So that post, it got to 15,000 people. And out of those 15,000, there was 10 who made comments that were derogatory me that, you know, obviously right. I deleted. But 10 out of 15,000, right. you know, is nothing. Mm. And Doug, what happens, how does it work? Because I find it very convoluted. The ward thing just, just makes, mm-hmm. it, it's very, I think it's tough to understand for some. Tell us how it works. So the Wyong Ward, which as you said, comes all the way down to whereabouts? North Gosford. Okay, so then once you're... So, sort of down the railway line. So it's all the railway line yep. suburbs and every, everywhere west. So the, then all the wards, once it's all been decided, how do we actually get, do we get a mayor back? What do we get? So there's five wards with three councillors to be elected in each ward, which gives you 15 councillors, and after they're elected, the councillors then elect the mayor. Okay. Right. So okay. there will be a mayor by late September. Okay, late September. And now, final question, are you a Kiwi? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I'm right. not. All right, just checking. Come just on, checking. bro. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, it's not I'm just. Been, a... I've been accused of many things, but not that one. All before. right, just checking. I just wanted to know. There, there could be red jandals, not just <laughs> yeah, a red vest. Well, you know, exactly. I, I might be called up by the Nats. You know the way it's going. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> and the red vest stays, good. right? The red vest stays. Red vest stays. Okay, All right. Right. Yes, yes. All right. Right. Doug Eaton, he's running for the seat of, of the Wild Ward for the upcoming council election. Thanks for taking time out, Doug. Every now and again, you're flicking through the paper and you think, what the... And mm. today, I've just done that with the Daily Telegraph. They're, they've reported this one, and the headline is Wookie Error. Mm. You might be seeing this yourself if you're reading today, looking through what's going on. A snowboarder in a Chewbacca outfit has got himself into a bit of hot water down in Threadbow. Mm. So this is a matter with the police. However, mm. I will just tell you what the papers reported. Mm. So this fellow is dressing up in this character and skiing on snowboarding, sorry, and, yep. and having a bit of fun, doing funny things like standing next to you at the lifts to get on the, to go up on the slopes and standing on your foot accidentally and saying, oops, chewy on your shoe. Right, so it's funny. So people have, you know, he's been doing that for a while. And now he's in a bit of trouble because they've said, look, you've got to take the suit off and, mm. he, you know, whatever went on there. But then it goes on to say that before the suit, before the Chewbacca outfit, which right. looks fantastic, by the way, yeah. he was wearing a colander on his head right. because he said he was a pastafarian from the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster. And there is apparently a website you can go to that says that pastafarians believe the universe was created by the Flying Spaghetti Monster mm. while very drunk. Mm. Uh, look, it's a crazy story. But, but I'm thinking if we're skiing or we're snowboarding today, or even taking part in the in the city of surf, any of these look things, at those. I don't know if I dress as Chewbacca. Chewbacca. Right. I don't know. I think I don't know if that's who I'd pick. Who would you choose? Well, Sarah Jane, I'm looking at my. If I was to pull my tracksuit pants Let's have up a look now at you. for you, and you see my Ooh. little legs dangling out the bottom of the tracksuit pants, <laughs> yeah. Who do you think? I'm. Well, I'm thinking. Oh, well, like I look at my top. It's a sort of square. <laughs> Little thin legs down there, right? SpongeBob SquarePants, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. What would, what would, what would, see, I would fit in Truly, really well. Would you be great? There's a couple yeah. you could go with yeah. with those legs. Yes, but what about just not wanting to wear a costume at all? You could be Sully off Monsters Inc., <laughs> the big blue monster, yeah. or As that Kung say. Fu Panda. Hey, hey, 
I'm not the. I am the panda. I think I'd just go because I like to eat when I'm in the snow. Yeah, yeah. You like to eat, so I'd just probably go as a minion. <laughs> and then if I fell over, I'd just go boom, 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 like those little tic tacs rolling down the hill. <laughs> but it, makes, it makes it interesting, though, doesn't it? Seriously. I don't know what's. T- yeah. well, anyway, we'll follow that story. Yeah, yeah. But, keep you abreast but, of that. You know, one. we've got to work out what outfit we're going to wear down yeah. for skiing and so, snowboarding. Yeah, I, I'm, I think SpongeBob, but my little legs might get cold. That's the only. Well, thing. that's why I say go Sully because yeah, you'll be so warm yeah. and toasty in the big blue outfit. All right, Sully, it is. That's you've, you've got me. You've been listening to the Sarah and Patty podcast. Catch them live weekdays from five on one hundred and seven point seven two Geo.